Today on Live Happy Now, you'll meet an endurance athlete who hiked the Appalachian Trail in record time and how she found a perfect metaphor for life through hiking. Every hike I've done has transformed who I am and made me a better person. Hello, this is Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Happy Now podcast. This week, we're talking about the power of perseverance, and who better to explain it than endurance hiker Jennifer Farr Davis. In 2011, Jennifer hiked the Appalachian Trail in a record 46 days, 11 hours, and 20 minutes. This week, she sits down with Live Happy Now's Paula Phelps and explains how she overcame doubt and found a new connection with nature during her time on the trail. Jennifer, we're happy to have you here. Uh, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I really enjoyed reading your book, and the one thing that I thought starting off it'd be great to talk about, when I think of hiking, I think I'm going to take my little dog out on the trail. We're going to be out there a couple hours. So long-distance hiking is very different from that. Can you, to set this up, can you explain to us what long distance hiking is? Sure. Um, and I also want to say that you are absolutely right that taking a little jaunt with your dog is a hike. Um, but it can build from there. And that's one thing I love about hiking. It kind of meets you where you're at and can give you what you want or need. So it's anything from a short stroll to um, a long distance hike on a path such as the Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail. And when people are doing these longer paths that are over 2,000 miles, usually they're putting on a backpack and they're staying out there for four, five, or six months. Um, so it's a long-term adventure. It's a lot of hiking. If you want to finish one of these trails, usually you have to average, you know, around 15 to 20 miles a day for that entire duration. And then on even the more extreme end, um, there are individuals and athletes who go out and really want to test their limits on these long-distance trails, and they will try to set records or fastest known times and become um, the fastest person to complete the trail. So hiking is any and all of the above, and I really don't think one is better than the other. It's just kind of what you want to get out of it. Well, it was really surprising to me just how long you were there, how intense this was, because it's it's not like you got to take a weekend off. And how do you prepare for something that's going to take that long? Well, when you're doing like a traditional through hike, so a normal backpacking trip on something like the Appalachian Trail, you can't actually take a weekend. You can go home and go to a friend's wedding. You can take a, a rest day, which on the trail we call a zero day. But if you're trying for a record and in my new book, The Pursuit of Endurance, I talk about a lot of these people, including myself, who are trying these crazy things on the trail. And it is an intense, very focused, continuous endeavor where you, you don't take a day off. Um, you can't take a zero day. And um, so from the start to the finish, for example, when I, when I set the record on the Appalachian Trail, I was averaging 47 miles a day for 46 days. And How many? Let me that, ask you real yeah. quick. Uh, how what was your pace like how, what was your pace like per hour well that's a great question yeah I mean I think people have this like vision of me being like an Olympic speed walker and it's not that at all and um, I did hike the whole trail I didn't run um, some people kind of spice it up and run a little bit with their hiking but really my pace was an average of of three miles per hour most of the time. And then there were certain sections, especially in Maine and New Hampshire, where 
the train's so so technical and gnarly, you really can't even go that fast. So in those sections, it was about two miles per hour. So this is not a blistering pace. And when people think, oh, if you're hiking fast, you can't see anything, I just like to say it's not really about the speed. It's, it's really the long days because the difference is I was starting – at 5 a.m. and then hiking till about 10 or 11 o'clock every day. So that allowed me to see every sunset and every sunrise and everything in between. And how do you keep yourself fueled up? Because obviously just even to keep a positive mental state, you have to have a certain amount of nutrition and and great food going in. Um, Obviously, you're getting that biophilia effect because you're surrounded by nature. But there's so many other things that you need to keep your body going. So how do you do that? Yeah, I think um, people like underestimate really how hard it is to stay fueled on these type of endeavors. Um, feel like staying on top of your nutrition and also your hygiene are, are two parts of the challenge that people might not um, fully appreciate or understand. So the eating was really hard doing the record. Um, uh, you go again on a normal hike, it's great. You eat whatever you want, you lose weight. It's awesome, but (laughs) you're doubling your miles and all of a sudden you have to eat. You have to shove an energy bar down your mouth like every hour, hour and a half. And I just, I mean, personally, I felt like a cow. Like I was chewing (laughs) all day trying to get like six to 10,000 calories and still losing weight. And My husband was helping me, meeting me at row crossings, bringing me supplies. So I remember I started to ask him for food that I didn't have to chew because I was so tired of chewing. So he brought like, you know, protein shakes, insurers, fruit smoothies, things like that. And that was helpful, but it was just, it was a lot of chewing. You know, what's interesting too is how you got into this because it's, it's not like you obviously woke up one day and said, I'm going to be an endurance hiker. Uh, and, you, and you talk about that in the book, kind of when this bug first bit you. Can you tell us how this all started for you? Sure. So, um, you know, I grew up playing sports but didn't grow up doing a whole lot of hiking and backpacking. And when I graduated from college, like a big part of me just wanted to go outside. Um, and that was hard to explain. It was hard for some people to understand, uh, especially my mother. <laughs> but, you know, I think like historically people since the beginning of time, we've been outdoor movers. That's what we've done. That's how we've evolved. That's kind of our identity. That's where we started. Yeah. yeah. So I think for a lot of people, there's sort of this primal urge where in our society, we go from a room to a car to an office and then back again and it doesn't feel natural and so people are saying hey wait a minute I want to do something else I want to go outside I want to use my body and and so a lot of people are on the Appalachian Trail or these other long paths I think to do what they feel like is a natural part of human existence um, to be under the sun and to be working hard so I think that now looking back is just kind of the primal urge I felt and um I went out there, and that first journey, you know, it took it took five months, and it completely changed my life. And, you know, even at that point, I never thought I'd be a professional hiker. I never thought I'd be, like, a record setter. And that is one thing I love about this endeavor is unlike, um, you know, sports these days where you, you have four-year-olds who are in leagues, this is – something where people have found it at all different stages of life and gotten into it and done really well. 
um, I met a man, this is just crazy, but I met a man a few weeks ago, and he's hiked over 40,000 miles of long-distance trails in North America, and the kicker is he didn't start until after he was 60. Oh, my um, gosh. That is amazing. I know. I know. I know. So I think the trails, they just have this message of like, come one, come all, do your short stroll, you know, do a five month hike, go out there, challenge yourself. Now I have two kids who are five and one. So like, we are definitely in the stroll season. <laughs> once again, but, but it's all good. That, yeah, that is really amazing because I do know I've got a friend who he's, I think he's around 60 and a couple of years ago he took this up and started, yeah. he does, like you talked about doing it on the weekends where he'll yeah. fly to a certain spot and he's, he'll hike part of a trail. And, and so that's pretty, that's fascinating that it's, it's so accessible to all of us. Really? It can fit into any lifestyle and, and you can do it anywhere. And that's, yeah, there's just so much to love about it. Well, now, how did it change you to spend that much time on the trail when you were going for your record and you were out there, you set the record, let me make sure, 46 days, 11 hours and 20 minutes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the fastest yeah. person, not the fastest woman, the fastest person to hike that trail. So how did it change you psychologically and emotionally to spend that time? You know, that's a great question. I think I need to start because every hike I've done has just really, I think, transformed who I am um, and made me a better person. And and the first hike, I've done the Appalachian Trail three times. So the first time I did it, I learned so much about um, simplicity and quality relationships and the value of solitude. And um, I started, you know, it, it really changed my um, feelings of self-worth. Like one thing I say is I was out there five months. I didn't have a a mirror or media and I didn't know what I looked like. And so I started to see myself through my interactions with other people. And I also, I always thought nature was beautiful, but I never saw myself as a part of nature until I hiked the trail. And then when you realize you can go over 2000 miles, it's this really empowering um, emotion and and sense of self. And so, you know, I felt more confident and more able after that first journey and that's one thing that continued to lead me back to the trail. And then I think going, going for the record was really this, um, this personal journey for me to overcome some mental barriers. And a lot of it had to do with gender. You know, I, I started always thinking that there had to be a, a men's record and then a separate women's record. And I started to realize through my experience and then just through these theories of knowing, you know, how tough women are out there, how well they do, how we hold on to our weight better, which we hate, but how we're like (laughs) naturally like built to carry a pack because we give birth and our pain threshold is so high. And so anyways, I had all these theories that said, you know, I think women can compete equally with men. But sometimes that's not the societal message we hear. And so I really wanted to put that to the test. I wanted to put myself to the test. I wanted to see what my body was capable of. And I'll tell you the most important thing psychologically on the record, there was a day where I tried to quit. And my husband wouldn't let me. Well, he said, if you still want to quit tomorrow, that's fine. But right now you feel too bad to make a good decision. And that was, you know, that was an important thing to not quit at your lowest point. But in that moment, the reason I wanted to quit is because I didn't think I set the record. And I kept going a little bit further and started to feel a little bit better. 
and still didn't think that I could set the record. But I realized, I realized that the most important part of that summer for me was not to be the best. That wasn't my main objective. What I really wanted was to find my best. And at that point, I started to let go of the comparisons. I didn't focus nearly enough or as much on the numbers. And I just poured like all my attention into what I could do and what I love to do, which is hike. And as soon as I let go of sort of the competitiveness and the comparisons and started to focus all my energy on what I could do, like my performance right away shot up and I started to enjoy it so much more. So I think that was a really valuable lesson for me of the record. When you learned the the things that you learned out there translate so well into our everyday life. I mean, there's so many metaphors, just as you're talking about that, where you can see that is so true. What's true on the trail is going to be true in the office as well. So how does it translate into your everyday skills, the lessons that you learn how on the trail, in nature, through this very um, taxing experience, how does that translate to how you, you deal with your life now? Yeah, I can't tell you like how many times, you know, not even through the week, but through the day, I sort of think back about what I've been through on the trail or maybe what my husband and I worked through together, if we were out there together, if he was supporting me. And we apply that every day to, like, you know, trying to be effective parents to our two young kids or um, trying to get through the day when we don't get any sleep at night because of our two beautiful <laughs> children. Or That never know, happens. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like that sleep deprivation of the record has been really good um, being a mom. But but I think there's so many days, like even with my work, where it's just like demanding more than I can give, or I look at like, you know, other quote unquote competitors with work, and I get demoralized. And then just like the record, I say, well, I'm going to let go of that. And I can, I'm going to focus on what I can do and try to do that to the best of my ability. And it's amazing because I think we give a lot of our emotional energy over to stress and over to anxiety. And when you're able to like let go of that and then focus it at the task at hand, you're so much more productive and happy. And so, you know, I feel like I use the the lessons of my experience all the time, but that's one reason the pursuit of endurance, a new book is so empowerful because like, I knew my experience, but then there are these other people who have overcome so much on the trail and off the trail, and I sort of wanted to let them be the teachers, too, and say, well, what have you learned, and how does it impact your everyday life, and how can that inspire other people on and off the trail? So I think I've learned just as much through other people and their experiences on trail and what they've overcome as I have from even my own journey out there. Yeah, and that was one thing that surprised me in the book as I was reading it, is that it wasn't just your story, that you do share these other stories, and all of these people came from very different places, had very different challenges, and what is it that um, you hope that readers can take away by sharing that? Well, I think I really went into this project being like, okay, I'm going to find the commonalities that help people um, endure. Like I'm going to find these similarities that anyone can use or draw from that like then helps them to like take one more step when they don't feel like they can. So I went on this journey of interviewing, you know, the people who in my mind are, are the best at endurance. 
And I got to the end and was sort of at a loss. And I had also interviewed expert physiologists and psychologists. And then, like, at the end, I was like, there is no formula for endurance. Like, all these people are coming at it from such different angles. And even when you look at the science, like it's men and women, it's young and old, it's people on all different diets with different body types. And, and then I think the coolest revelation of this whole um, process for me is that we all are creatures of endurance. And, and I think with so many sports or even in our, our culture and our society that self-enhancement is about putting things on or getting better. Like we want to get faster. We want to put on muscle. We need to tweak our diet. It's all this external stuff. And then when you think about endurance, I feel like it's the opposite. It's a process of stripping away what's there to find something that's already deep inside of us all. Um, so that, I, I think it ultimately it was, it was, extremely encouraging because we we all we all are creatures of endurance and and I think you know the mental and emotional aspects of it it's not one or the other they're always connected um so those are some of the biggest takeaways I learned through this whole process and what really strikes me is that readers it it doesn't matter if you're interested in hiking it doesn't matter because this is about metaphorically about so much more than than getting out on a trail. You know, one thing, there was a, a quote in there um, about, and I'm not, I'm going to botch the quote, but it talks about like ca- carrying very little, but choosing that little very carefully. And something about that really jumped out because that's true in life too. You know, get rid of all the, the stuff you don't need, but really choose what it is that you do need for the journey, whether it's, you know, a metaphorical journey or a physical one. And yes. Absolutely. And that's, you know, there are so many lessons within here. And like you said, it does talk about the trail, but every single person in the book, when I asked, like, well, were your greatest struggles on trail or off trail? They all said off trail. And so the book talks about that, too. It talks about abusive homes. It talks about loss of a loved one. It talks about coping with illness or growing up in a violent neighborhood or dealing with eating disorders or anxiety or depression. And that is part of the human journey. And again, I think more than anything, yes, this book talks about trails, but like this is essentially just about the human journey and everyone, you know, everyone's a part of it. Everyone can relate to it. So I I can really see how you've applied the lessons of the trail into how you're living right now. Yeah. And the, and the great thing is, is the trail is still part of how we are living every day. And and as we're traveling the country, I do think we would go at least just, I think we would lose it, honestly, if there weren't all these like state parks and greenways and national parks and national forest. And whenever we're driving in the car, we just look for the green blobs on the, on the maps. And then we pull over and we take an hour to get outside. And that is usually you know, the best part of our day. And so I just encourage everyone, this is full circle going back to what you started with. Like, you know, even if it's like a 15 minute stroll on a greenway with your dog, that is by definition a hike and it can do wonders for your mental and emotional health. And so, you know, I would just encourage people to, to take the trail as, as, you know, it fits into their life, anything from those short, easy strolls to, a personal challenge, it's, it's all good and it's waiting there for you. 
That's fantastic. Jennifer, The Pursuit of Endurance, fabulous book. We're going to tell our listeners how they can learn more about it and where they can pick it up in just a moment. But I thank you again for taking the time to be a part of the Live Happy Now podcast. It was just absolutely wonderful to talk with you. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. To learn more about Jennifer Farr Davis's book, The Pursuit of Endurance, visit us at livehappynow.com. And if you like what you heard here today on the show and you want to hear more, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Search for Live Happy Now and subscribe today so you'll never miss an episode. That's all we have for you today. So until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every single day you live happy.